0: There is an unseen battle going on all around us, and we'll learn about it today on Bold Steps with Mark Job.
1: You need to fight for that destiny. Take authority in Jesus' name over those things that God has said. This belongs to you. I reclaim my destiny. I reclaim my life. I want my mind back and my emotions back. I want to live under the authority of the kingdom of God because I will not let the devil rob me blind.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church and President of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Jesus tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came to give us life more abundantly. And as we move forward in our study called Jesus Up Close, we'll be looking at the powerful way that he dealt with a demon-possessed boy in Mark chapter nine. Today, Mark is going to help us understand how to effectively deal with oppression from the dark side of the spiritual realm in order to bring about transformation and recovery. Marcus titled his message, Believing Enough to Change, and it starts now.
1: The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, bow your knee and invite Him to be Lord of your life. It's the Holy Spirit that comes into your life and body and revives your spirit. So now the Holy Spirit is influencing your spirit. Are you tracking with me? Some people don't understand that there's a difference between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is influenced by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches you, enlightens you, convicts you, reveals the Word of God to you. The Holy Spirit testifies to your spirit that you're a child of God and makes you want to worship God. When you sin, the Holy Spirit convicts your spirit about your sin. There's things that you don't even know are wrong, but inside you feel it's wrong because the Holy Spirit is telling you this is wrong. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you power to live for God. You cannot live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. However, there is also a dark spirit world out there. And just as strong as the Holy Spirit tries to influence you, the dark world also tries to oppress, possess distort confuse bring you down tempt you cause you to doubt now it doesn't always manifest clearly but it is seeking to steal kill and destroy all that God is trying to do in your life there is a spiritual battle that wages for the life of every individual and we need to open up our eyes and realize there is a spiritual battle Every time we have a service like this, I understand that there's a spiritual battle happening. Why? Because more often than not, I am calling people to get right with God. I am challenging people to give their life to Jesus. And I know and understand that the enemy does not want you to give your life to God. He wants to keep you bound. He wants to keep you oppressed. He wants to keep you uh, robbed of all the destiny that God has for you there's a battle that happens and Jesus in speaking to this boy it says when they brought the boy to Jesus the spirit what spirit the spirit that was oppressing this boy it says the spirit saw Jesus and immediately threw the boy into convulsions he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Father said, from childhood. It has often thrown him into the fire, the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help him. You see, I'm convinced that there is a force out there or forces out there. There are some things that are done that are so dark, so devious, so inhumane that it can only be man's human heart aggravated by a spiritual darkness. The enemy's job from the beginning with Adam and Eve was to steal them of what God tried to give them. God gave them freedom, God gave them a garden, God gave them beauty, God gave them harmony. The serpent came in and tried to steal what God had given them, tried to steal their destiny, their relationship with God, tried to steal the paradise that God had created for them. Once in a while, I run into people and they say, if God is real, how come God lets Injustice happen in this world. How come God lets violence occur? How come there's murder and rape and bigotry? How can God allow this? Let me tell you, God did not create us that way. God created us for paradise. It was our decisions to not live God's way. That opened up a whole kingdom of darkness, and now there's two kingdoms at war. It's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light fighting, battling for dominion. The kingdom of God, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. The way that you enter the kingdom of God is by coming under the lordship of the king. And when you give your life to God and come under His Lordship, then you become part of the Kingdom of Light. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you cannot enter the Kingdom of God unless you are born again. We are all born physically into this world, but it requires a second birth, a spiritual birth, to enter into the Kingdom of God. Once you enter into the Kingdom of Light, You are snatched out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and suddenly your life begins to change because you're under a different rulership and you clash with the kingdom of darkness, the light clashes with darkness, the authority of God clashes with the authority of the enemy. And there is a battle that wages for the destiny of people's lives. How is the kingdom of God propagated? How does it spread throughout the earth? It spreads through people that come under the lordship of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And it clusters together in life-giving communities of faith called the church. There is no army. There are no... There are no tanks. There are no physical weapons. It is a group of people under the Lordship of Jesus Christ filled with the most potent, powerful force in the universe, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Father says, but if you can, take pity on us. Number three, the battle to believe will determine how much you change and recover from robbery. Verse 23, listen to Jesus if you can. If you can. Are you asking me, the Messiah, the Son of God, if I can? Then Jesus looks him straight in the eyes and he says to this man who's been struggling with a child who's been robbed of his destiny, everything is possible for him who believes. You see what Jesus was saying? He was saying, I'm not limited in my power, I can. But it's not about whether I can. It's whether about you if you are willing to believe, I can. I have power. I have might. It's not about if I can, it's about can you believe? Are you willing to believe? And he says all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the the boy's father said a statement that I think most of us can relate to because the father said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Can you relate to that statement? Oh, I believe. But help me battle unbelief. Have you ever been in a situation where you someone says, well, do you have faith? And you say, yeah, I have faith. You know, I, I have faith, but I'm not sure if my faith is strong enough. I battle with unbelief. Anywhere where there's faith, there will be battling with unbelief. The great thing is this. The fact that you believe, the fact that you believe means that unbelief will be there to try to steal your belief. I love what Spurgeon said. He said, help my unbelief is something a man can only say by faith. While men have no faith, they are unconscious of their unbelief. But as soon as you get a little faith, then you begin to be conscious of the greatness of your unbelief. If you're here today saying, I believe, help my unbelief, to me it's a sign that you have faith. If you had no faith, you wouldn't even realize you have no, you, you're have. you struggling with unbelief. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him, comes to God, must believe that He exists and that He rewards those that earnestly seek Him.
0: That's Mark Job here on Bold Steps. The message isn't over yet, so stay with us. But if you ever miss any of these daily programs or you want to share it with a friend, be sure to go online to boldstepsradio.org. And while you're there, take a moment and check out all the faith-building tools and resources we have available, like Mark's weekly devotional known as the Bold Stepper Weekly. And Mark, you've had a lot to talk about lately.
1: You know, Wayne, as I reflect over the this last year, we're in December right now, thinking about that. I write about this in this uh, Bold Stepper Weekly, but I'm thinking back. Dee and I welcomed our third grandchild, our <laughs> first little girl this year. My mother, who came from Spain, she's 86 years old, mm-hmm. and met some of her great grandchildren wow. for the first time. Wow. I think of Moody Bible Institute holding our Founders Week Conference, the last day of the conference, the altars packed with people passionately worshiping God on their knees before the Lord. I think of over 300 people baptized at New Life Community Church, people making decisions to follow Jesus, opening up a new food distribution center called Pan de Vida. Uh, Our Bold Steps ministry and some maximum security prisons uh, in the state of Texas. I mean, so many things (laughs) that God is doing. Super grateful for the partners that pray for us, encourage us, that are part of the Bold Step family. So you'll hear a little bit about that in the Bold Stepper Weekly.
0: Well, it's so great to hear how the Lord is using you and this ministry, Mark, both at Moody Bible Institute and at the church as well. It's been a great year, and we thank the Lord for that. Listeners, if you're not receiving the Bold Stepper Weekly, sign up today at BoldStepsRadio.org and see what you're missing. BoldStepsRadio.org. All right, let's return to this insightful study today, a lesson titled, Believing Enough to Change. Here's Mark.
1: Hebrews 11, which is known as the fake hall of fame, it says faith has to means two things. One, you have to believe that God exists. That He's there. That although you can't touch Him or feel Him or see Him with your naked eye, that He's there. That's faith. Every parent has had a child ask him, well, how do I know, Dad, when I can't see God? I remember my son Josiah asked me probably when he was five or six years old, Dad, Dad, don't you want to see God? Like how do you know when you can't see him? And we were by our our living room window and it was kind of windy outside. And I say, I, I looked at the trees who were kind of blowing and moving, and I said, Son, I said, Can you see the wind? He said, Yes. I said, No, no, no. You see the leaves moving but can you see the wind? He said, well, no, but I, I see the trees moving. I see the leaves blowing. Ah, but you cannot see the wind, but you know it's there because you see the effects of the wind. Uh, you can't see it, but you see the trees blowing, the leaves moving. You see that it's that the effects of the wind that are there. I said, God is the same way. We don't see Him, Son, physically, but we see the effects of God all around us. We see an earth that's been created, the heavens in the sky. We see order and design and beauty that is not created out of some cosmic explosion in the universe. We see people made with beauty. We experience love and compassion and mercy. We see the power of God in miraculous ways changing lives. Listen, we see the God evidence all around us. Oh, you can't see the wind, but you see the effects. Hebrews 11 says that you must believe that he is. But that's not enough. Even the demons believe that God is, it tells us in James. You believe that there is one God, James says you do well, even the demons believe. So if you're here today and say, well, I'm okay because I believe in God, great. You're in good company. You're in the demons company. So don't pat yourself on the back too much. Don't excuse yourself too much because you believe in God. You see, believing in God, that he exists, is only part of the equation, but Hebrews says, you must believe that God is, that God exists, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That means I have to believe that he is, and I have to pursue him. That means that if I chase after God through His Son, Jesus Christ, the road that He's given, that I know that God offers in exchange forgiveness and cleansing and wholeness and peace with Him, then I know that if I pursue God, He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. I know it. That's faith. Just believing in God is not faith enough. You have to have faith enough to pursue God and pursue God His way. And lastly, number four. The power of God is unleashed through our faith into a process of transformation and recovery. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, He rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute Spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Only the Son of God has authority and power like that. I command you, come out and never come in again. Once in a while, I'll run into a believer and they say, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus a while back, but I I don't know, I think I'm demon-possessed. Let me tell you, if you, are, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you are not demon-possessed. Okay, you're not. You're not. Let me tell you why. Because possession implies ownership and permanence. Now, you may be oppressed. There may be a squatter in your house. How many of you know you can own a house? They're going to be a squatter that says, "I'm going to. if no one's kicking me out, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to hang out. But they don't have papers that say, this is my house. They don't own it. They're there because no one's kicking them out. As soon as the authority comes in and says, you have no right to be in here, then they run and flee rapidly because they have no authority to be in that house. It's the same with the believer's life. If you have oppression in your life, it's not because there is any authority to stay there. You have to bring the authority which is the power of the manifest Jesus and say this does not belong to you. I am a child of the living God. I've been bought with a price. I belong to him out of my life. It tells us in this. But Jesus commanded because he had authority. And by the way, he gives that authority to every, every believer. And then verse 26, it says, The spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. And after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind comes out only by prayer. Some versions say prayer and fasting. Here's what I want you to know. Listen, I believe that the power of God is unleashed through our faith into any process of transformation and recovery. There are some of you here today that you have allowed your lives to be stripped of things that belong to you by divine right. God has come to give you peace. God has come to give you forgiveness. God has come to give you clarity of mind and come to give you freedom in your walk. God has come to deposit joy into your life. He's come to give you destiny. He has come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Some of us have let the enemy rob us, tie us, bind us, mute us, tape us, steal everything from our house, everything from our family, everything from our soul, everything from our spirit. And we sit there bound watching him carry away our most prized possessions, thinking that we have no power, complaining that life is so unfair and that you wish it was different. And I want to say, hold on a second. That belongs to you. If it's God-given, then you need to step up and not let it be taken. You need to fight for what God has given you. You need to fight for that destiny. Take authority in Jesus' name over those things that God has said. This belongs to you. Now you say, hey I'm not letting it go back. I break the binds and ties in Jesus' name. I take authority in the power of God. I reclaim my destiny. I reclaim my life. I want my mind back and my emotions back. I want my finances back to where God wants to. I want to live under the authority authority of the kingdom of God because I will not let the devil rob me blind. Amen. Why we're kingdom of God people.
0: The Bible teaching of Mark Job right here on bold steps. What a powerful message, Mark. Earlier you mentioned that most people go about their daily lives not knowing or even understanding that we are in a spiritual battle. Why don't you pray for our listeners? Pray for us right now that our eyes would be opened.
1: Absolutely. It's that invisible battle that we're in, but we're not aware that Mm -hmm. we're in. And so, Father, we pause right now. I pray for that person that is in an immense spiritual battle. And they've thought that they're in a battle with people but they're really in a battle with spiritual forces. And so I pray in Jesus' name that you would strengthen them with the shield of faith, with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, God, and the sword of the Spirit. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would strengthen that person right now not to become bitter, angry, resentful, hateful towards the people that are making their life difficult, but that they would lean into you, Father, And Father, I pray that you'd give them victory in this battle. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Mark. I'll come back to you in a moment. But if you just prayed that prayer to accept Jesus for the first time, do us the honor of reaching out and letting us know, because we'd love to be a part of your journey. We'd also love to guide you in your next step and give you some resources and tools to help you boldly walk with Jesus. So go to BoldStepsRadio.org and click on My Next Step. BoldStepsRadio.org. Mark, while I've got you here, I'd like to address something I'm sure many of us are struggling with during these busy days, and that's spending quality time with our Savior. Maybe you can clear up the difference between thinking of God and actually being with Him.
1: You know, Wayne, there's a huge difference. It's like thinking about your spouse or actually spending time with your yeah, spouse. good analogy, right. And there's a huge difference, and I believe that we need to actually carve out time. You know, we carve out time for what's important. If I just tell my wife, hey, I'm thinking about you, but I'm never on a date. I don't spend time at home. I'm not sitting down, having a meal with her. She's going to come to a point saying, hey, thinking about me doesn't cut it. It's not enough. I want time with you, not just thinking about me. And I think that's a challenge for every believer that lives a busy life is carving out time to spend in the presence of Jesus.
0: Well, thank you, Mark. Right now, we're offering this unique devotional book as our Bold Step gift. So reach out today and request your copy of At the Table with Jesus when you make a donation of any amount. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org. Or it might be easier to just give us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. And you can also send your gift, as always, and request for the book through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. Again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And hey, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can take these daily messages with you and listen wherever you go. Just go to your podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. And if you really appreciate these teachings, why not share them with a friend and leave a five-star review to help us reach more people with the gospel. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again tomorrow when we look at what it means to be a faith-driven follower of Jesus Christ. It's coming up Wednesday on the next edition of Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.